Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Kids, do you like professional wrestling? Well, this is the week for it. Uh, this is we like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. Joined, I by- am stupendous, <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, oh, good because this is a two-night Shake Them Ropes. We're going. Oh, yeah. This is just part one. Next next year, we are doing a Shake Them Ropes one-week continuous <laughs> live stream. To really get everyone ready for WrestleMania. And I hope that (laughs) WWE will follow suit. 168 hours of wrestling, people. Let us whisper of a dream. We'll have Shake Them Ropes stand and deliver. We'll have Shake Them Ropes. Still standing. Shake Them Ropes from a cot. Rob McCarron will run run some indie Shake Them Rope shows around the the mothership one. It'll be great. Cody's even going to do an episode. It's going to be awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, before I, we started taping, I asked you to come up with this. So I'm going to ask you this now before I go into our first uh, news story. Trust me, kids, plenty of WWE on the back end here as we're going to preview both nights of we WrestleMania. We talk about wrestling, really? Yeah, a little bit. That's, uh, that's what this show is a bit. You okay. Know. You know, you do a politics show, but I don't want to talk I just politics did, on no, this No, I know, but like we could talk like food or I mean, on other shows, they I get mean, we talk about microwaves and stuff. Yeah, I know. And then you get one hour of wrestling content on a three hour show. And, you know, some people like that. That's like WWE. Don't. I get that. Yeah, we'll we'll run audio packages and we'll just, we'll, we'll we'll conflate this to a four hour cast. If you want, I can do that. Hell I don't yeah. want to do the work involved in that. But no, I don't want to do the work. You can do the work. <laughs> you can produce it. No, show. I'm busy. Oh, yeah. OK, busy. I got things. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I got points. <laughs> uh, I asked you to think of this. Uh, who is an artist? whose art you don't like or actually despise, but you find them to be an actually very good human being. Okay. So neither one of these two artists are people who quite reach despise level in terms of artwork. Yeah. You don't need to reach despise. In terms of yeah, music, I don't care for musicians who make music. I don't care for at the top of the list would be this guy who it's going to be fairly obscure unless you play guitar. His name's Michael Angio Batio. Um, he is a shred guy whose gimmick is that he has two guitars and he plays two guitars concurrently um, with both hands using like both hands to fret notes kind of concurrently. And it's nothing but like taps and like shreddy do hyper dated. I, I mean, the music is 
of the vintage of like 1988 and it has not moved beyond that in the slightest everything he does is cheesy as hell uh, his look everything about him is cringe however Whenever I listen to Michelangelo Badio, I want to I want to be ready to laugh at the guy. It's kind of like Guy Fieri. You want to be ready to laugh at the dude because you like look at him. You're like, ah, goof, and your whole thing is goofy, and your whole vibe is cringy. And then like Michelangelo Badio is one of the most unrelentingly positive human beings I have ever listened to with like tremendous perspective. A like good head on it, good head on his shoulders. Like came from good parents. He's like got good a good sense of like morals and discipline and stuff. But is not like pushy or preachy. I, I wish I could like conjure up the quote about like when people say negative stuff to you. But he, I, I watched this one thing and he just like off shot off just randomly a quote about how to deal with people's negativity. Where I was like. Whoa, dude, that's kind of profound. I wasn't expecting that from the let me give you the keys to the Lamborghini guy. Um, but the, the guy's unrelentingly positive, and, and I think very highly of him. And the other person who's like this for me is Victor Wooten, uh, who is a fantastic bassist, a World League bassist. Just uh, is seldom involved in a project that I'm remotely interested in. And <laughs> while he's a tremendous bass player, I that Victor uh, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones. Bella Fleck and the Flecktones would be the one. One, yeah, right. <laughs> he's from my hometown. That's why I say it. I go. Oh, I know Victor Wooden. He went to Denby High School in Newport. There, Virginia. there's your guy. There's your guy. That's the one thing where where and they've got a couple of good songs. The cold like, beverages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got some cool ones. Um, <laughs> outside of that, like Victor Wooten, not my thing. But like, dude, he's like. In terms of, in my profession of teaching music, Victor Wooten, uh, I should hope that other music teachers are of the same opinion, is like one of the great teachers currently living. The guy does free classes all the time. He teaches anyone and everyone who wants to learn. There are probably thousands of people walking this earth who can say honestly that they've had a chance to learn from Victor Wooten. And like that is unbelievable i i mean what a tremendous gift like what a tremendous legacy to leave on the world he puts out great videos he's he's just an unbelievably great teacher and so while i you and i have talked about not really caring for the jam band stuff i'll be fair there there is like mind it no no right right and i want to be very clear here hawkins there's like the fish victor wooten sort of jam band thing that i'm just not into and then there's the grateful dead which is actually war crimes capital w (laughs) capital c should be in the hague next to putin thank you very much um yeah sorry Uh, i got a little little heated there i'm fine i'm fine it's okay bring it back yeah yeah no victor wooten michelangelo patio no, yeah, it's funny because it's like Victor Wood. I know that. Oh, yeah, he's from Newport News. Um, the reason I, I bring that up is because I'm about to name drop Jeff Foxworthy. And Jeff Foxworthy in the comedy community, uh, full of scorn because comedians are bitter people who hate anybody having success of any kind. And also because he appealed to a Southern audience in some ways. I mean, uh, but. I mean, I, 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 I didn't mind his comedy. I didn't have as much of a, of a, of a visceral reaction as some people to his success. Cause I was like, Hey, he's a guy who had a day job, found comedy, quit it, got hugely successful. I think a lot of the jokes about his wife have like aged very poorly. I didn't the, the, even know he had a, uh, there were jokes about his wife. Yeah. He tends to, he tends to kind of go into the, uh, you know, my, 
my wife. Oh, uh, his jokes. Yeah, okay, I yeah, thought you yeah, meant yeah, yeah. other people making jokes. No, 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 no. God, God, no. God, I should hope not. No, don't make jokes about people's wives. Uh, have we learned nothing? <laughs> have we Keep learned nothing? Your wife's name. <laughs> have we learned nothing in this last week, Hawkins? <laughs> God, God, help me. Um. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. I, I think you know some of the material is. You know, been, you Linda know, McMahon. Keep her wife's name. <laughs> But, but no, I, I'm with you. I, I think most of his material is pretty innocuous, especially the the you might be redneck, a redneck. The, you might be a redneck jokes or self-deprecating. Yes. Fun. Yeah. And that's what celebration of the self. Yeah, I, I think it's great. He's an absolute prince of a man. Absolute prince of a man. And, and the reason I, I bring him up is because um, a guy from my youth in wrestling, a man by the name of Rocky King passed away uh, this past week at the age of 64. Real name William Bulware Jr. Now, those of you who are youngins won't know who this guy is unless you've unless you've gone on the Peacock or on the WWE Network, depending on where you live, and watched a lot of 605 or Mid Atlantic Pro or Worldwide Wrestling from the from when I was growing up, mid 80s to about 1990. You won't know who Rocky King is, but Rocky King was an enhancement talent for Crockett and and WCW. Uh, very. Uh, visually, you knew who Rocky King was thin, but jacked big Afro. Um, he, he was, he, there, there were lip, there were levels to guys, uh, who were enhancement talents. You'd get the guys who'd get a few moves in who were like, uh, right on the cusp of winning a match, almost like your Pez Watley's and your Sam Houston's. And then you'd have the next level. And this is what Rocky King was like the Italian stallion or Rocky King and Rocky, you know, Rocky King would get one move and then just get killed. Um, the Midnight Express loved working with him. The horsemen loved him, but they'd also use him for racially insensitive comments at times to get heat. Uh, I will warn you on that. If you decide to search out anything that there's especially when, when junkyard dog came into WCW, Rocky King was, 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 the, was the guy, the catalyst to bringing him in. Cause he had been, teamed with the dudes with attitudes, you know, Sting and Paul Orndorff and Ellie Gante. And, and, and they were going to get one over on the horsemen and Ole and Ric Flair start saying some, uh, we don't like your kind in wrestling type things here to get the racial heat there as was kind of the custom in the late eighties, early nineties. And that's how junkyard dog came in to make the save and, and to, to, to get that going on. But it is days after wrestling. Rocky King's story is that he was a homeless guy in Atlanta who took up wrestling or wanted to be a wrestler. And he, you know, he sometimes, I believe he actually spent nights at the Techwood Studios sometimes until he really got on his feet uh, to doing that. But after that, he's like a guy who goes, Hey man, I've been blessed. I've been in, I got to do wrestling for six years. WCW eventually brought him back as a referee when the Sonny Ono uh, minority, uh, lawsuit happened they made him a, they basically hired him to try and say hey look see we're not racist here at wcw we made rocky king a referee um but very involved i mean he's, he was like um the titus o'neill of his day let's put it that way i mean very involved with the homeless community out there because that's where he came from very involved with habitat for humanity and also very involved with um he, he'd use other promo or uh, prelim guys and, th and, and guys of moderate name to open a wrestling federation to do shows for charity that was family friendly and, you know, no cussing and, and no sex type of stuff, but not 
not like the Ted DiBiase Christian wrestling stuff. It was just, hey, you can bring your families to this and do this. Well, Jeff Foxworthy, who's who's from the Atlanta area, picked up on this and was coming to shows and stuff like that. And he became a backer of this and he became really good friends with Rocky King. And they they've been do, they were doing up until even his death. They were doing charity golf tournaments. They're doing charity wrestling shows where Foxworthy would. I think Foxworthy actually got in the ring a couple times for them. I mean, just um, just a really good guy. Now, in terms of wrestling, uh, look, he was <laughs> he was never going to be a star. Uh, the, the most he ever got pushed was that angle uh, that I said with Ole and Ric Flair to bring in Junkyard Dog. But also, he did get a heel turn and a heel run in, in WCW. And I will say that this is also racially insensitive in some ways. So if you seek this out, um, uh, parental, uh, <laughs> what is it? Parental consent, parental uh, discretion is advised. Uh, he was teamed with the fabulous Freebirds who were at the time, uh, Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes as little Richard Marley. And yes, there are scenes of him dressed in Confederate gear with Confederate things painted on him. Uh, did not last too long. He was eventually turned on by the Freebirds to go back to being a babyface prelim guy because you know people wanted to cheer him. Uh, Midnight Express again loved working with him uh, because he could sell like a million bucks for him. He always looked like he died every time they 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 did that to him. But um. Yeah, a guy from my youth that I just wanted to give some attention to and some love to because it, it was making me feel a little bit nostalgic going into this mania thing. Uh, rest in peace, Rocky King. Rest in peace, Rocky King. You, now, you what, don't have any. You don't have any. I have. I, I don't. I okay. don't have any. I mean, That's I you. Fine. I might have actually seen some of those matches when he was a WCW replacement referee. It's, it's we funny. Do, we don't talk about it a lot, but like I, dude, there was a. I was like a WCW kid, so I watched. I mean, we talk about a fair amount, but like not like in super. De- but I was like watching pretty much everything except the Sunday show, which I didn't always catch, but I still sometimes would watch. Like I really like WCW. This was right after. Okay, the Horsemen had kicked out Sting out of the group, and Sting went off on his rehab stuff, and they eventually turned the Horsemen back heel after the JTEX feud, and they were looking for him to feud with other guys. So yeah, so then Sting came back, and this was during a. Uh, Oh, I forgot about this. In 1990, he teamed with Junkyard Dog and Paul Orndorff to beat Ric Flair, say, Barry Windham. Sounds like 90 or 91. And Arn Anderson. Yeah, this was the, this is later in his career, but I, I remember from the mid 90s getting killed. But the, but his minor uh, babyface push was during this time when Junkyard Dog was brought in by Jim Hurd to uh, you know to <laughs> they're just signing anybody they could from WWF at this point, pretty much. But uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, would never light the world on fire, but did a ton of charity work in the Atlanta area, and, and that's why I think I wanted to gain some attention from that. But uh, if you go back and you watch a lot of these worldwide and a lot of these six oh fives, Rocky King is right in there, and people love Rocky King, and then Rocky King just gets killed. And he's he's one of those guys you put up there with the Mulkies and George South, and and you know those guys on your on your. On your, if you're if you're in the Carolina to Atlanta territory, on your Mount Rushmore of enhancement fellows. So yeah, that, very important to me. Um, kind of important and from WCW uh, fandom things. Rick and Scott Steiner officially announced for the WWE Hall of Fame. They'll be going in tonight after SmackDown during the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, 
return to the Hall of Fame. Uh, after SmackDown, they'll be doing the Hall of Fame inductions uh, with Vader and Undertaker and, and, and whatnot. Pretty late night for the kids to have to then wake up and do uh, stand and deliver. But um, yeah, the, the Steiners are interesting because I felt like they never fit in the WWF. No, I, I don't feel like their style ever They're, really made sense for the way WWF liked to present tag teams. I mean, even yeah. back in that era, WWF didn't present tag teams as like prestige acts. Like uh, Midnight Express couldn't be the Midnight Express in WWF. And well, like, well, look uh, at the Legion of Doom. I mean, it was, right. you know, they had a puppet with them and then Sonny. So. <laughs> right, right. And and. I, even yeah, the the early successes of the Legion of Doom in WWF really have to do with the fact that they were an already established act, right? Like, like so, yeah, it, it just that said, eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety, ninety one. Oh, dude, the Steiners in WCW uh, later stage NWA, fantastic. Although you have to take into account. Scott is green and very green and they don't care about you know, it. It was one of those times where you had big men doing bad things to each other and you expected things to go wrong and you didn't cry about it. And that's how it's always explained. It's like, Hey, Scott may hurt you. Scott may accidentally punch you in the face. You punch him right back. It was, it was well, this is a great era because like Vader is also often yes. in these tag team matches with the Steiners. So if you ever find a Vader versus in somebody else versus the Steiners tag team match, Scott and Vader are always fun when they have encounters with one another. Let's put it that way. Of course, Scott getting a little bit more fame during the uh, Monday night wars era, big pop a pump, et cetera, et cetera. Rick was kind of, put off to the side, which I always found a shame because I always, I always liked Rick Steiner. Gotta be honest with you. Even, even in the UWF when he was teaming with a uh, mad dog, Buzz Sawyer before he hooked up with sting. Uh, the there. top rope off the shoulders. Bulldog is just like one of the great moves. Uh, it, it's a great finisher. It looked awesome. And, and the, and the early hurricanrana that uh, Scott Steiner would do where, not only Absolutely. was he doing that, it was the poison runner, basically, where, where he'd be spiking the dude's head into the mat, and you'd be worried if the guy broke his neck. But yeah, go out. It's and called watch. a Frankensteiner, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Jim Ross. Uh, uh, also, uh, in terms of commerce this week, WWE and Fanatic signing a deal uh, where Fanatics will be doing merchandise, including e commerce. And also physical, digital, and NFT trading cards. Now, if you've never heard of Fanatics.com, they're pretty much the ones who have now taken over all of the official league merchandise stores from the leagues, uh, including the NFL and the NBA and, and college. Uh, I'm wearing some Fanatics stuff right now. I'm, I'm not, not exactly a fan of theirs, but uh, they are the one-stop shop for all your league stuff. I think this is... This is an interesting move by WWE because now they don't have that kind of, uh, I mean, they'll be sending them the ideas and the merch and things like that, but really WWE shop, they got the pros now doing WWE shop. And look, I'm not a fan of NFTs at all. I think they're a gimmick. I think they're a scam, but they are the new carny thing for people to make money with. So 
uh, you know, much like uh, Ethereum and, and Bitcoin. It, it's now NFTs are like the hot no, they're, thing. They're worse. Uh, I mean, it's like if you everyone was rolling out their own cryptocurrency. It's like when they were doing like Dogecoin. For, and- for those who don't know what NFTs are, it, they're basically you own a JPEG and you own the license to it. And you can sell the license to it, but it's yours and nobody else should be using it. Otherwise, you can claim like copyright stuff. That's pretty much what it is. Oh, and good luck trying to take that to court. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you own you own a thing that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of use value. Uh, so, yeah, um, I mean, look, it's fine. I think WWE just needs to stop making T-shirts that remind me of the big dog clothing line. <laughs> Oh, the Vince McMahon shirts that came out this week? Oh, my God. They're so bad. There's nothing you want more than kids wearing shirts saying they're an asshole. (laughs) My favorite thing is how shit is censored, but asshole isn't. It like I, I, your mom's parents. I'm sorry, I didn't warn you. <laughs> You're gonna cuss uh, real quick, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like it, you know, the, the the random lines that McMahon chooses to pick yeah. here with his T-shirts. Uh, I mean, look, uh, I'm sorry, but if you're going to invoke the word, you just got to say the word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like, I don't give a crap is 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 weenie stuff for someone who's supposed to be like a World League jerk to sort of be. I mean, can you it. imagine wearing that shirt anywhere else but a WWE show? Right. Like, imagine going to the office and your boss looks over to you. You're 42. Uh, your performance review is coming up in about a quarter. And, hold, on, and to, hold, on, hold on. What kind of office are you working at where you can wear wrestling shirts? Well, you know, it's casual Friday. You're working in non-standard auto insurance. You guys do a little <laughs> bit of home. You guys do a little <laughs> bit of home, but that's not actually your department. You've been in auto for the last few years. You're looking to but move you're hoping up. To make, you're hoping to make your way into life insurance. Yeah, so, you're hoping to do, do it. Like, okay, yeah, you, cool. you want to diversify, maybe. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, Jeff. If you can make it into life, th- into life insurance, that's a week off where you get to go and do the cool training camp, which is up in Burlington, Vermont. Everyone wants to go there. Everyone says good things about the Burlington trip. You want to go there. But here's the thing. This week, you showed <laughs> up in your t-shirt that has Vince McMahon dressed up as the devil in red face and it says you may think I'm an asshole congratulations I am and now your boss Louie and you and Louie have patched things over from last Christmas party but like things are still not entirely cool because you got into your cups and you said some shit you shouldn't have said it you well did. Franklin guess you're not going on the Burlington trip yeah, now. <laughs> Burlington's not for you you anymore i don't think you're burlington material in fact, I, I, th- I think we could use you in an office in little rock arkansas no don't send me to little rock please what what is this demonic goat man on your t-shirt and why does he say congratulations i am an asshole <laughs> you can't even wear those at the gym because nobody will get the reference and everybody will think you're creepy for wearing things yes. like that Oh, you're on a date. <laughs> Nobody's going to wear those things on a date, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> because the kind of people who buy those shirts can't get They're dates. not getting dates. They're not getting dates. They are at home on Fridays watching SmackDown uh, or recording podcasts like me. Uh, so. it, even just the presence of it in your closet means you're not getting dates. <laughs> well, it's funny because that, that if you have it in your closet, that meant it was an impulse buy of some kind. And now you're stuck with it and it's staring at you in the face going, yeah, you ever gonna wear me again? Like I have a T-shirt or two like that. Where that's, like, how, that's how you end up in the office and not going on the Burlington trip. 
And the Burlington trip is so much fun. There's so much. Everyone you know, you, you says do, good things about you, the Burlington trip. You know, they trip, seem to Jeff. enjoy themselves doing those ropes courses and the team building exercises. And they bring an improv teacher out there to, to teach you how to you know, It doesn't work seem well. like life insurance <laughs> could be that much more fun than auto. But damn it if it isn't. And then you go into town one night. You go to a bar. And you know what? I didn't know that Gina from accounting was like that. But she seems kind of fun to me. They just, they know how to do it up there in Burlington. <laughs> oh, they're so stupid. Um, <laughs> uh, following up on news uh, that, that, to no one's surprise, Marco Stunt's contract not being renewed, and he also won't be on TV, but it ends at the end of April. Uh, apparently, budget cuts were brought in as one of the reasons for not renewing his contract. But at the same time, not everybody, I mean, look, you can't call this a cut. It was just, we didn't want to renew your deal. There's a difference between that. And I think, I think Marco Stunt outkicked his coverage in AEW. I think he was a little overexposed in the beginning, which was part of the problem. But I think he did the job he was supposed to do in Marco and, and He did the job he was supposed to do in Marco Stunt. He did the job he was supposed to do in AEW. And it's like, hey, move on and we'll bring you back if there's an idea for you later. I, I'm fine with this, Chris. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it, too. I think, if anything, the Marco stunt pairing with Jurassic Express was a neutral to slightly negative thing for Jungle Boy long term. I the, think they've the had a hard time. The budget cuts thing is what's annoying people, though. I get that. And I think that that's fine. And you're fine to be annoyed with it because it's not forthright. But, okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes we're diplomatic when we go through a breakup, right? If you've ever had to let someone down easy, you, you try not to necessarily go at the truth directly. I don't know you about that, to, Chris. I'm always on the receiving end of these well, things. Well, Jeff, okay. We lead different lives. Different thing. Uh, <laughs> point being, you try to go truth adjacent. Uh, and it's because you care about the other person's feelings. And in this case, you don't want to, like, with Margo Stunt, you don't want to be like, Look, uh, I mean, you know, he's kind of a mixed bag when it comes to what can you really do with Marco Stunt. We probably paid him too much. Like, you don't want to actually say the truth of the Marco Stunt. So what you go is we're letting him go because of budgetary reasons or whatever, rather than going, we're not renewing his contract because we don't necessarily think that he delivered in the first contract. We think we probably overpaid him the first time out. That's probably closer to the truth. They're not saying that. You can call that cowardice. I get that, but that's probably the truth my breakups either involve me getting humiliated in front of all my friends with someone yelling i don't even like you kind of things or or eloping to vegas you know, with with someone you didn't know they were seeing it's <laughs> a diplomatic thing you're talking about because i really want a part of that i don't know i i mean look i had to i had to refine this thing i had i had to refine this thing over time i mean it, it, when it goes the other way it's always like it's always just like pouring acid and scorching my earth on the way out the door um so <laughs> I, you know i i, I sort of refined Do they the, do those things on the burlington trip because i just no <laughs> on the burlington trip all of the babes are fantastic. No one scorches your earth like that, Jeff. Like Burlington, <laughs> it's a totally different scene up there, man. They you, have insurance groupies in Burlington. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they're 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 interested in men who are in life insurance because they understand <laughs> how that works. They understand a solid investment when they see it. And I'm not just talking about the insurance. I'm talking about you, Jeff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, baby, you like. 
<laughs> like QA testers. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit of ratings news. Sorry, let's get it under control, Hawkins. Hawkins. Uh, AEW Dynamite, 979,000 viewers, 0.38 in the demo. That's 492,000. WWE NXT, 626. Uh, 0.14 for 189,000. Again, they have a th- almost a two to one ratio of people not in the demo watching this show. Old people love them some NXT, and it's frightening to me. Raw for the go home for Mania 1.979 thousand viewers, almost 2 million. 0.55 in the demo, 721,000. Smack, and then on Friday, SmackDown. Uh, 2,180,000 viewers for SmackDown on Fox and then Rampage, 425,000 viewers. Um, yeah, any thoughts on that, Chris? That raw number's real interesting. I mean, like that 1.9 feels like the all hands on deck for uh, WWE fans and 1.9 is pretty respectable. Uh, no, I mean, that's that's a night. That was a lot of bad. people t- tuning in to see what was going to go on for Mania this weekend, the biggest weekend of the year, blah, blah, blah. I, uh... Uh, here's where I think it bites them in the ass is that I, I think that they need to be getting these numbers going into when it's ticket sales season so that people are actually intrigued and see this because, okay, you watched here. That's cool. Maybe you're interested in Mania. You ain't going to buy tickets to Dallas now. Interesting, because I'm going to bring up the Mania ticket. I, w- I have it here in the news, but I was going to save it for the Lazy River. But uh, let us begin the Lazy River of wrestling criticism. Anything we saw or whatever, it's going to be on here. Uh, we'll, we'll get to a little AEW in a second. But um, it's from the Wrestling Observer. At press time, the first night of WrestleMania has 58,240 tickets out. With about 5,500 comps out of that and just under 53,000 paid. I believe both nights are set up for 65,506. Uh, night two is 57,364 tickets out. Also 5,500 comps and the paid number just under 52,000. I think they're doing better than I thought they would, Chris. I'll be honest with you. I think people, I think for some reason, people decide, hey, we're going to, we're going to get out of the house and go to WrestleMania this year. Look, it's not sold out. Of course, WWE is going to And you got to remember, Jeff, when they did Dallas, they had over 500,000 people in American Airlines Stadium on that day. I remember when (laughs) they announced that. Yeah. Nearly half, nearly half a million. My favorite was uh, the, the Tampa mania where they counted uh ushers and ticket takers as part of paid attendance Uh, no but that being said i think they tried to they tried to claim upwards of a hundred thousand for the dallas 2016 show i believe you're correct on that so i mean that that is what i'm sort of ribbing on here okay like you're getting quote unquote a hundred thousand again over two nights and it's largely going to be the same people now also keeping in mind, I believe they did a buy one, get one or two for one. That's exactly packages. my point. Yeah. So then it, 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 is this really that impressive then Jeff? Because it's like, that was a hundred thousand ish, um, about four or five years ago now, six years ago now I'm getting old and it, now we're talking about 50,000 paid and that's what they're conceding. Um, they're saying it's only 5,500 paper and we know it could be more. Um, 
and they're doing it over two nights, and so you have to think that it's repeat offenders. It's not someone flying in for night one and then dipping and then flying back out, or it's other people flying in for night two only. That probably exists, but that tranche of people who are just flying in for night one doesn't exist. So this is really more 50,000 fans here. I actually want to take the slant a different way and say maybe this is slight cause for alarm. I'm I'm gonna gonna push back just a little bit here. Go ahead. I'm I'm open to this debate. Only because I believe that this is more or less a um how how do I put this? If if they weren't doing arenas, if they are doing I mean, if they weren't doing stadiums, if they were doing arenas, I I think we wouldn't be holding them to such a standard, so to speak. I mean, they don't get me wrong. They bring this on themselves by running, you know, for rumble, like the giant baseball stadiums. And then, you know, because they like money in the bank's going to be at Allegiant this year, which I find insane. Cause I think, I think money in the bank lends itself to a more intimate type of setting to be honest with you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the intercontinental ladder match at the last Dallas one was a good match, but I think there's, I, I don't know. I, I 50,000 I mean, out of a hundred thousand. I mean, that this is a show or this is a stadium in search of a show rather than a show in search of a stadium. Yes. I, 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 I will go there, but at the same time, if it was one night, would it be would it be sold out? And I think so, yes. I think no, the problem here is No, that's, that's my argument. It wouldn't be because it's the same 50,000 people twice. Okay. Uh, that That's what I'm saying is the cause for alarm here. I think WWE is going to present this as, well, 100,000 people attended WrestleMania over the stupendous two nights. Um, whereas we remember 2016 and... 100,000 people objectively attended one night. Um, that is not the same. Like, like, like yeah. 50,000 yeah. two nights in a row is not the same thing as 100,000 one night in a row. Yeah, and, and you'd think if they had main events for both nights, it would sell out immediately. And, 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 and actually, point of fact, I'll bring this up because it'll come into our preview a bit, even though it's not announced. The fact that they have now kind of <clears throat> moved down Charlotte and Ronda Rousey which was supposed to be the main event for night one. And instead it's going to be the KO show with, with Steve Austin. I think that's a, I think that's far more damning than anything, to be honest with you. I mean, that really says something about what they have done in terms of presenting the wrestlers of tomorrow. Yes. That what you have to hinge on in order to bring this show home is Steve Austin. I'm not saying Steve Austin isn't the most important wrestler of the nineties. If you want to make that argument, it's not a bad argument to make I, I that or Dwayne, the rock Johnson are your two pillars to go with. Um, but I'd include undertaker in there too. Eh, undertaker, formerly, no, formerly no, 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 I wouldn't No, because the undertaker didn't have catchphrase breakthrough the same way Steve Austin and Dwayne, okay. the rock Johnson did. I, and, and really, if you're just talking about that, like Austin really kind of broke through the membrane, but then like, you know, SmackDown hotel, Rudy poo, candy ass, you know, lay the SmackDown pie. Dwayne, yeah, 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 the pie. I, I mean, like, Dwayne Johnson really broke through ni- late 90s culture in a serious way. Point being, I I get having Steve Austin's 
big return being something as high as even the sub main event. I, I would argue that a really strongly booked show would have it at like third from the top. And it would be like, the, you know, it would be the C item in a great card. However, having it as the A item is an immediate conceit that we don't have people for tomorrow for you to care about. God, that is the problem with W or that is the problem with WWE right now. I don't care about Braun Breaker, and I don't care about any of the main people that they're trying to push right now. Not Drew McIntyre, not Seth Rollins. There, there, there ain't a young person that I want to see get up there and have that big WrestleMania moment. And on night two, it's not any better because it's Reigns and Lesnar, the two guys who you know I like Reigns as heel run. It's not bad, uh, but uh, you know, is he a young guy? No. No, and it's for it's for a unification that they're just going to undo, probably. Yeah, I don't I don't buy the stakes either. And, and the other thing is the baby face. I'm not like we've talked about the problems with Lesnar, but like the biggest thing is that you don't actually think Lesnar's going to be here for the next 12 well, months. Let, let's 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 pull back on this a little bit. Let's get through our. our no, I want I want to let the bull run Hawkins. Okay, <laughs> f- fine. Fine. They don't let the Bulls run in Burlington. Yeah, no, in Burlington, the Bulls always run because there aren't. They there run aren't, into the Bulls in Burlington, huh? They do, they, yeah, ah. they do that. They do that a couple of times a year. <laughs> uh, let's get our few AEW notes out of the way and then go into the three previews that we have for this. Uh, Tony Storm debuted on Dynamite, um, beating the Bunny to earn a place in the Owen tournament. Let, let's start with the good. Tony storm looks fantastic. She looks like she's dropped about 15 pounds since she's leaving WWE. Uh, she is slimmer than I've ever seen her. Uh, not that she didn't always look good. I got a lot of crap about that on the internet, Chris. So she's always looked good. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying that. I, I, I mean, it, that. it is, it is the truth that there I, here, here's the thing. If you're, if you feel like that, there are, People in much greater positions of power at her former company whose ire is far better directed at. Your ire can be directed at <laughs> yes. those those people. Who are making uh, comments about certain body parts and things like that. Yeah, so you man, go, go, go yell at them. Uh, I mean, look, it's the same. In case you're like, I don't know who it is. All right, you're not good at mystery, Sherlock Holmes. And that's from the horse's mouth herself because she she was the one who gave an interview saying these things. So so that's not just okay. reckless speculation. But yeah. well, or, well, not reckless speculation. I just wasn't sure if that was uh, on the record or off the record. I, I wasn't sure, so I was playing it defensive. But yeah, like I mean, look. Uh, WWE has been subject to the uh, what is attractive, what is not attractive rules of one 76-year-old man for the better part of two decades now. And let me interject here real quick because there were writers, writers that, uh, that, that some of us may know, who were dying to write stories for Tony Storm. They loved Tony Storm. When Tony Storm debuted on AEW... Perhaps they were a little upset by this, but yes, no, I, I they, they want, there were people in this company who wanted to push Tony storm to the moon and the old man wouldn't let him. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I I'm excited for Tony storm in terms of this AEW women's division. My God, do they need Tony storm? So if, if she can cut a promo, if she can cut a promo, it'll, she's top two. Yes. I, and her promo only needs to be mid. Yeah. Yeah, it really only needs to be mid. But yeah, I'm looking forward to those. Man, I'm 
look, my, one of my favorite women's matches ever is one I saw live. It was Tony and Mercedes Martinez. And if they can run that same kind of match back, I, 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 she is a welcome star power addition to this division. Now let's go with the bad part. Look, when you have this kind of debut, you're never going to top the opening pop. Why does the bunny need any offense in this match whatsoever? And if you don't want to beat the bunny and murder death her, get a local competitor who can do, get Maddie Renkowski back in and let, let, let Tony storm look, Tony. Storm. It's, it's so weird to use the bunny, but like, we got to make the bunny look, you know, somewhat formidable. No, like, like whoever Tony storm's debuting against just needs, she just needs to wreck her. In look, like you can have to, Tony storm can come in. Be, be cheering to the crowd on the turnbuckle or whatever. Someone can hit her from behind. There's the heat there. Tony Storm comes back, hits her finisher, one, two, three, and that pop that she just got from the from the debut surprise continues on. She looks like a badass. She looks like a star. And then we can go into whatever build you want to do next week. Instead, we get the 50-50. We're going to have a, for the stopwatch types, I think, in my opinion, I think this was done to appease some of them. And no offense. Well, look, I mean, the bunny is hot off pinning Jade Cargill cleanly a few weeks ago. <laughs> no, she's not. What are you talking about? Oh, that didn't that didn't happen. I that thought I thought happen. I thought I counted three that that week. Uh, my bad. My bad. Look, no, no, she overdelivered in that tag team street fight, and and that's good. But look, if you want to protect the bunny, let's let's not do a match that has any, any stakes in it. Week one, let's just get her out there, get the pop, show the finisher, put her over on commentary for anyone who doesn't know who Tony storm is and go home. And that's how you build a star. I could, I couldn't believe this Chris, because I'm like, there is no positive in having a good match here. I'm sorry. I know that, that I know it's utterly pointless because everyone who knows Tony storm knows Tony storm. Yeah. And the people who don't know Tony storm, one, I don't know how many of them are watching AEW. Like, like that percentage of the pie is ten percent. I agree. 10%. I agree. And, but number two, two it's, it's they'll like, find out next week. Yes, it's like it's like number part two. If you don't know who Tony Storm is, you want to see if it's worth investing time in. And the way you do that is you have them go over huge first week, and 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 and, and listen to the crowd and go, okay, these people like her, and she's she seems like a star. I'm gonna be more interested in her. Instead, <laughs> instead we got this match and it was like, it wasn't bad, but it was just like, by the time it was done, it's like, okay, th- this is like the Ruby Soho. The bunny thing. is fine. I, the, the bunny is, she's, absolutely, fine. she's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with the bunny, but like, we know what the bunny is. The bunny is what she is and that's fine, but does a match or, 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 you know, the problem with the bunny too is. I'm not really sure what a match or a feud with the bunny at this point does based on her presentation. Nothing to do with her work. I like the bunny. She's um, a good week two opponent. Yeah, that's that's basically what she is at this point. It's kind of it's, it's basically where or week three. Are. You can have yeah. you can have you can have like a three week program here where she hits you with the knuckles and gets DQ'd and then you get the pin the next week. That's fine. Do that, but just Come on, man. Let's let's need. I mean, it's a, it's the same. Look, we have th- this week. We have Keith Lee versus Hobbs, and and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are now over on on Rampage, where they're getting 
400,000 viewers a week. That's 200,000 less, by the way, than NXT 2.0. I get that it's on Friday night. I get that it's difficult. But we're being told that they're big stars. And I'm just no, like. No, no. And, and the big problem, too, especially with the booking patterns of the head booker over there at AEW, is that there are people who are on Dynamite and there are people on Rampage. And, like, in the booker's mind, Rampage and Dynamite are equal real estate. Yes. And in reality, Rampage is underneath NXT in terms of viewership. So in terms of exposure, they are not equal in the slightest. In reality, what you need to be doing is building up people on Dynamite to then port over to Rampage to carry it. Right. That's what you should right. be doing. The CM here. Punk template. Yes. Was, yes. When, when you saw what numbers Punk did, obviously you can't have CM Punk debut every week. But this idea of frankly like punk and danielson should be the anchors of rampage because uh, i think you could probably pop a hundred thousand viewers with just those two guys along. i think so too i think you're correct on that um i do a show at post dynamite called the dynamite show over on fight game media i had a uh fill in host this week by the name of mike gilbert and he was of the opinion that you belt tony storm with the women's title right away even uh, though, i would even do it with the tbs like- title and I was thinking that too. That was my comeback. Was why not just the TBS title? But we had some uh, we had some developments in there because uh, number thirty for thirty O is Marina Shafir, who is getting a push on AEW Dark. She got a video package on Dynamite, although it was a little aborted to be honest with you. Does Marina Shafir take the title off of off of Jade? And that might be. I mean that might be the way to, to then port over to Tony eventually, but uh, I, I should I should hope so based on Jade's reaction of like hubris yeah. and not taking it seriously. Like in my opinion, the best thing for Jade at this point is to have her streak sort of obliterated and for her to have to do a rebuild. Um, sort of realizing it's not always going to come easy, and that she needs to take opponents seriously. Yeah. Like, like when she even breaks getting rid streak. of Sterling in some way, maybe right, just going that right, route. And, and, and and sort of moving into Jade 2.0. Because I mean, the other thing is that like this Jade character is sort of it is what it's been. It's not going to be more than it is. Sterling, I mean it. It'd be interesting if she blames Sterling because Sterling's the one who was trying to give her caution on this. Yeah. So, um, but like, yeah, I, I think that this should be where she loses the title and the catalyst for her rebuilding herself in part, because I don't think Shafir's being presented as a baby face. No. And so if you're presenting her as a heel, that's really important that in this heel versus heel match, this new heel comes to town and kicks the ass of the old heel. And Shafir is exactly the kind of opponent. Well, I think she's just being a badass. I don't know if they know babyface or heel yet, but uh, Shafir needs to be in a program with Layla Hirsch sooner than later. Cause that's the kind of people that they need to be fighting each other with. Um, the only other note I had on AEW, cause I don't want to go through everything on, on here. Cause we have three shows to still preview, but uh, how are you feeling about FTR's, Babyface question mark promos. I think they're an extremely interesting potential babyface team. I enjoyed uh, this. Look, the Gun Club are the Gun Club. Yes, the Ass Boys are the Ass Boys. The match, w- the match itself was fine. Don't get me uh, wrong, I liked the. Uh, match. You know, I, I, the finish. I watched the match twice just because I wanted to watch something while I was making coffee the other day, and I really enjoyed the finish to the match 
more on the second viewing. Like, there was just a lot of different beats. They were all actually executed pretty well. And FTR's baby faces are really interesting because Cash is a great baby face. I, but I, I like, he's got I, swagger. I liked the weird shoving away of MJF post-match. Like, this is for us, not the pinnacle type thing. That's I, I thought Dax did a really nice job, too, when the crowd started to react to them, where you could see the eyes go a little bit wild and scan the crowd a little bit and start hearing the thrall of the fans or whatever. Like, dude, these guys get the classic 80s mannerisms, and it's a hoot. Yeah, no, I, I, I like them. I... I... I hope it's not a head fake. I really hope it's not. Oh a no, head I don't fake. think it is. I I don't think it is. I think I think they're gonna get Brett eventually for a match, and I think it's probably gonna be this Young Bucks match as their second because they seem to be doing that on tour. Like they have that show in West Virginia where Dennis uh, Condry's seconding them. I'm intrigued by a Wardlow FTR little mini babyface faction. Like that's yeah, fun. That's that would, fun. That wouldn't be too bad either. I'm uh, but I'm a little down on the promos. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because it's like they only have that one note is we're the best team, we're the best team. They don't really personalize the feuds. And look, you can love pro wrestling, but that's a that's a little bit um, commenting on the thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not uh, I'm in well, this not now. Now. Now you have Chris Jericho just doing his best work of his career here with this Jericho Appreciation Society, Hawkins. <laughs> It's just fantastic stuff. I, 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 what I'm saying, I mean, he's basically we love pro wrestling. It's like no, right. no, the the mat that it needs to be. You're existing in this world, and you have to be. Oh man, we're here to. You know what? No, it's the met, it's the commentary the fans stuff. And, it's it's know. why the Jericho Appreciation Society sucks really badly. Is that it's all meta? Like the thing you're complaining about with FTR. This is the problem with Jericho's new gimmick. As much as you can enjoy, M- Matt. Martel, I, I forget what his name is. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt Menard. Matt Menard. Daddy Magic. He, Matt Menard. No, oh, I, 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 no, I, no I, you can like him as Daddy Magic. Don't get me wrong. He's he's just he's just like the hilarious goop. Here, but this, here's this yes, character. Here, here's sucks. some things. Let me let me tell you this. Uh, Go ahead. The real names of 2.0. The names that were originally used were their real names and the new names. Well, they're close. Matt's real name is Matt Menard Lee, but he has always gone by Matt Lee. And now is Matt Menard dropping the Lee because it was Menard Lee hyphenated. Jeff's real name is Jeffrey Angelo Parker. And now he's just using Angelo Parker. And he's he has to be doing cosplay of happy, uh, not happy Corbin, but Madcap Moss a little bit here, too. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, I didn't like it. Uh, but I liked the beatdown afterwards. I'm always I, here for a good I, I like the beatdown, too. It's fine, but, like, this Jericho Appreciation Society is going to be a heat sink on our dynamite for the next yeah. however many months that this thing goes on, and it already sucks. And so that's sort of my problem with it. It is, like, outside of Danielson and Punk on this show, there was... Not a lot to write home about. Um, Did you like Wheeler Yuta and Danielson? I like. I liked it. I, I liked, liked the it. match. I liked the I liked match. I, I think. I think Wheeler Yuta's dull, though. I, I do. I find even when he's fired up on offense, his offense is dull. He doesn't put the uh, emotion into any of the offense he does. So I think that just kind of hurts him a little bit. But you know, I liked it, the match. It, it wasn't that empty for me. Okay. But it, it it wasn't that level of empty for me. But like, no, I, I I liked I liked both the Punk and the Danielson offering, and then 
everything else was was kind of a stinker uh like like uh, on this show here um I, the main event i i didn't get me going here um CM Punk mass caster was cool. Yeah, what was uh, the main event? Oh, Moxley and Lethal. Moxley and Lethal was pretty good. Yeah, yeah Moxley it, and Lethal was pretty good. And yeah, it, it, I even yeah, I think. Uh, although I didn't understand why you're beating why you're beating Lethal when you're pushing the ROH pay per view. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think that's a longer form thing with Lethal. I, the problem is. I'm not watching all the extraneous television. The only reason I'm getting yeah. longer form is that I watched the crisis of conscience thing at the end of the match. And I was like, oh, okay, this must be something we're doing with lethal. Yeah, I, was I, don't, a little I, I don't know what it is. I was a little shocked at the soft sell of the ROH pay-per-view now that they own it. I, I know it's, it's one of those things, but it's just like, I thought there'd be a lot more on AEW television about it. They, uh, they did some mentions, but I mean, I mean like graphics and here's how you order it, etc. Uh, last part, Andrade and Darby. What do we think about Andrade and Darby? I love Andrade. I freaking love that dude. I know he's gotten a little swole of late, um, but I think he d- he needed the win. He needed the win more than Darby here. Um, it was and it wasn't it wasn't the same cheap distraction win. It was I chose to go out there and save my friend who came out to ringside, and then he came back in and he was still pinned clean. So it's not as uh, Stamford a finish as otherwise. And I, I think you need to build Andrade back up a bit because he's been in this Matt Hardy program. That's kind of cooled him off quite a bit. And Darby's always going to be hot. Yep. I, I had no problem with Andrade winning I, something about this match. Just like lost me, but maybe it was just, it was clunky. It, it was maybe also that like the, the show had kind of gone on for a minute at this point, like the undisputed elite thing. Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. Kyle O'Reilly uh, needs to be in the Jericho Appreciation Society. That 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 performance by him on the mic was god awful. What was that? I've had oh, too much champagne. champagne. I need to sit Bro. down. Uh, th- this is like if, if you asked a guy who had never even been around weed to the point <laughs> where they didn't know what it smelled like to do an impression of having smoked weed and they were like, Oh my God, I am going crazy net right now. I, I just smoked weed. Like, like they, like, they you know, who does that? The no it idea. guy at Burlington, when, when he comes on these trips, he acts like, he, Oh man, I brought this weed. We can hang out. Oh, no, here's the before. thing. That guy, that yeah, guy. Man. Yeah. No, but that guy's a cut up on the stand up team. Like when they do the little stand up thing in the group exercises or whatever, that guy, uh-huh. he's such a card. Okay. He like, yeah, he, he does. He really does. He's got a great impression of various presidents. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got for AEW. Are we ready to go into these yeah, three go, shows this yeah, weekend? Let's go into these three shows. This is this the big weekend, weekend for WWE. Starting, although tonight I am I am stoked for Briscoe's FTR. I am, dude. I and Tully's on the show too. Tully's introducing his new guy. Probably going to be Brian Cage. I got to I got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> although I'd love for it to be Cesaro. I think it's going to be Brian cage. Um, but, uh, Briscoe's FTR. I am stoked as hell for Chris, but after that, tonight we get into the sports entertainment section of our weekend, starting with NXT Edward James, almost AKA stand and deliver seven matches on this show, seven, as opposed to the usual five starting off with LA Knight versus Gunther in a singles match. 
Is there any way that LA Knight gets the victory here and doesn't get the crap chopped out of his chest? I hope not. Yeah, Jeff, I think that this is going to be a relatively short and sweet match. I think Gunter is going to make a strong showing, but come up short against LA Knight here in our opening match. Suck. Oh my God. I can't believe you did that. that crap on me. And I made you wait minutes for it. Yeah. yeah. People don't know. Chris <laughs> left us for a bit. Uh, and what might be a goodbye to NXT match, Tommaso Ciampa taking on Tony D'Angelo in a singles match. I think uh, I think Tommaso's doing the honors here tonight. Yeah, no, I think Tony D's. Uh, look, if they've in so far as they have anyone who could be considered an up and comer or a quote unquote prospect, it's D'Angelo. And yeah, Ciampa's going to job to D'Angelo here. Toxic Attraction, the team of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane taking on the reunited and it feels so good team of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. That just kind of happened out of nowhere for some reason. Do, do Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai be given the tag team titles and get to hold it more than the first hour of NXT for next week? It's crazy, Jeff, because Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez were really lighting the world on fire. <laughs> These two were just dynamic. They were America's sweethearts. So it's, it's it's weird and surprising that they would pivot back to what was a very stale tag team in Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Well, the only reason uh, it was stale was because they wanted to push Raquel over Dakota. And I, and, well, I, I was being very sarcastic there, Jeff, oh. but if you want to step all over it, it's fine. <laughs> No, it's no, no, you did. You did. You wanted to just, you just, it's fine. No, it's fine. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. My joke didn't go over and neither are Raquel and Dakota Kai. (laughs) My issue with this is always in the David Goliath tag teams where you have like the personality on the small person and the giant person. WWE thing is we need to break these people up as soon as possible and push the big person. And it's like, there's more to explore with this team than that. And it's just like, okay, whatever. And of course, Dakota Kai deserves, she deserves main roster money for the work she's doing on this roster. But uh, I don't know. I, I okay. I, I can see that. I, I, I guess maybe Raquel's on her way to the main roster. So she, this is her, her goodbye match in NXT. I, I can see that. I, I will agree with you and change my mind and say toxic attraction retains here. On the men's side of the tag team thing, a, a match that might steal the show. Imperium, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel versus the Creed brothers, Brutus and Julius with the great and awesome Malcolm Bivens versus the annoying MSK of Nash Carter and Wesley in a triple threat tag match for the NXT tag team titles. Imperium, are your champs going in? Are they your champs coming out? Man, this is a tough one. This is the tough call here. Yeah. Because you kind of think if if there's going to be a title change, it's to the Creeds. But this is also, with this triple threat, the perfect vehicle for an Imperium retention. Also, keep in mind that we have a pretty deadly on the horizon somewhere around here going to feud with one of these teams. And what if, I mean, pretty deadly almost certainly are the ones who have been thrashing up the Diamond Mines locker room. Yes. So... In that case, maybe Pretty Deadly makes their debut costing the Creed's the match here. 
I could see that. I could also see a post-match beatdown. Yeah, um, but I just I don't see the creeds. I know I, I might do the, the post-match beatdown, but I think in either scenario, the creeds aren't walking out as champions here. I think Imperium retains. Well, I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of belts changing hands. I'm gonna say this is one where the changes hands. I think the Creed brothers come out with it. I'm gonna say that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I, I think. I think their 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 um, instinct is to belt earlier than later. Now <laughs> they say, "Oh, we want stars on the main roster at 25, not 35." Okay, we'll see how that goes for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and I think I think there's a chance Imperium gets the call on a Monday or Friday. New toy syndrome uh, for for old Vince. So we'll see about that. I, uh, I look forward to them being renamed Fritz and uh, what is another good German name? Heinrich. <laughs> well, wait, Fabian's Italian, so it'll be like Mario. <laughs> no, it'll still be Heinrich. He'll Vince will still <laughs> think the guy's German. Um, five way fatal five way ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. Carmella Hayes taking on all comers with Trick Williams versus Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, Grayson Waller, and Cameron Grimes. It's gonna be a train wreck, but it's gonna be a hell of a fun train wreck, I think. Uh, I think Carmella Hayes retains. This does feel like a Melo doesn't miss sort of scenario, but I could also see. Which is like so contrary to who Carmelo Anthony is in real life. It's been a hard time getting my brain around that catchphrase. But I also could see Grayson Waller sucking yeah. this one out. Yeah. And that that's the only guy I was looking at going, you know what? He's been doing all that work and he's been getting over as a heel. I want to change my vote. I think Grayson Waller comes out with the title here. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of like my gut just says Grayson Waller somehow finds a way to suck this one out. I feel like Legato Del Fantasma get involved at some point, as they've done in the past in ladder matches, uh, to be thwarted probably by Trick Williams and, and some other people. We'll see about that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Grayson Waller taking this title. Um, then, uh, oh, I forgot about the women's match here. Uh, Fatal Four Way, because the Dusty Classic meant nothing. Mandy Rose defending against Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Cora Jade getting the Bailey. I was always a fan writing letters to myself type of video thing on social media and elsewhere. Um, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray are out kicking their coverage and doing yeoman's work here as, as the steady veterans in the crew. And were they added here just to give a little depth so that Cora Jade could win this title, Chris? That's my question. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, we all know that Mandy Rose can't actually carry a long-form 20-minute match. And you might go, how do we know this? Have you ever seen it? (laughs) You know, in Burlington, she... (laughs) Yeah, no, she... Okay, but like in BWF... She was the women's champion for something like 732 days. It was incredible. Uh, and she had just like five-star classics with pretty much anyone who came in. Awesome Kong and Mandy had this great feud in BWF. Uh, but like you didn't Come see on. that. Unless, uh, let's just get back to the match. Unless you unless you're on the Burlington trip. Um, so getting back to the match here. Um, I just don't see Mandy Rose like actually having to carry a long-form match to get this title off of her. 
I see them wanting to off-ramp her kind of cleanly, and that's where Shirai and Kaylee Ray are. Like, neither one of them are real candidates to win the title. Neither one, neither one of them are real hot. And this whole Dusty Classic thing just serves, like, they feel like buffer, right? And either you're putting the belt on Cora Jade or you're never going to put the belt on Cora Jade. I'm going to go with they're putting the belt on Cora Jade at some point. I am leaning and towards that's that happening as well. Here. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that as well. I don't think Mandy and Toxic Attraction are going to the main roster because they really like this pseudo-porn NXT 2.0 thing that they're doing. I mean, you got everybody making out with one another. <laughs> and you could have Mandy losing the title. And so long as Gigi and the other one still have the title then yeah. toxic attraction still relevant. Yeah. They can do a free bird thing with them. I think, yeah, I think they're going to experiment here with Cora Jade as a, a champion. I don't think she's going to be too long for the championship, but I think she's getting a run here. And I think it starts here. Uh, hopefully to be taken away by Kaylee Ray eventually. Cause I think Kaylee Ray deserves a whole hell of a lot more. And Eo Shirai's already had the title. So, I mean, if, if they're not moving Eo Shirai up now, they're never going to move her. I mean, how the hell do you keep her down at NXT this long? Uh, dear Lord. Has it been seven years? Uh, I don't think it's been quite. No, it hasn't been seven. Because that'd be back, what, 2015? 2015? Yeah. I don't think it's been that long. Let me take a look here. In the meantime, Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker for your NXT championship. Rumors about that Braun Breaker is getting the call to the big leagues uh, up there. Uh, Chris, what do you think while I look up when Io Shirai joined the Fed? I think that Dolph Ziggler is going to retain here. And that he, like he's their like, NXT placekeeper champion now. And Breaker's going to come up short, but it's going to be like, through controversies or whatever. Like, Ziggler's not going to go over Breaker clean or anything like that. But this, I think Ziggler is going to retain. She debuted August 8th, 2018. 18. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Only four years down there in NXT. Well, look, I mean, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Got a lot to learn about being on the main roster. Got to find that hard cam. Got to find the, I was going to let you make the joke this Thank week. you. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, yeah. So, so that will be happening at 1 p.m. I believe Dallas time. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. And then people were going to have to get in their car and fight traffic to Arlington, Texas. The logistics of this as a Dallas site, let me just tell you all people, it is ridiculous. So because WWE insists upon running this show in the AT&T Stadium and not at the American Airlines Center, you, you might go, okay, AAC is a little small for them. Sure, fair, fair enough, fair enough. I don't know, 32,000, may, may, maybe like you, know, you could run three nights then. You could have the most stupendous, stupendous uh, WrestleMania ever. But the problem with the AT&T Stadium, the Jerry Bull, as it's sometimes known. Jerry uh, World, as others yeah, call it as well. Yeah, 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 right. So that is not on mass transit. Um, there is no easy way to get there using the DART, which is the Dallas area rapid transit rail system. Uh, whereas like Gillies and um, or, uh, the American Eddie Airlines Dean, Center, the American, the Eddie Dean Ranch, the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center, all these places that were other WrestleMania stops, they're all easily accessible via train and thus have an easy way logistically to move people from point A to point B without creating massive amounts of traffic. 
Um, if people leave the NXT show in anywhere near the numbers that they would hope would attend the NXT show, the result would be a large congestion of traffic on the way to Arlington. That is, oh, like 20 miles. Uh, you're like going between Dallas and Fort Worth at that point. Like Arlington's not close to Dallas. And that's the biggest problem with this WrestleMania weekend crawl. Like you have to go out to Arlington. You have to pay for parking out in Arlington and then you have to leave afterwards and getting into the, or getting into the American Airlines stadium is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world either. As we discovered last time. Yeah. AT&T stadium. I was, I was stranded there waiting for a bus until we had to hike over to uh, a Walmart. Yeah. That's a, uh... Yeah, that's uh, that's not going to be fun for those. So good luck to you guys. Um, starting on Saturday, April second, with WrestleMania. Interesting. God, I, I don't know how they're going to do this card, but I assume that this match goes first. So I'm going to lead with it because it it leads into what I think happens in the quote unquote main event that is now no longer the main event. Becky Lynch against Bianca Belair in a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Chris, my concern here, given the angle on Monday with the haircutting, given our current climate, given the thing about black women's hair and the Jada Pinkett alopecia thing. Yeah, there's a great documentary directed by Chris Rock all about it. You can watch it. Are they going to have Becky get revenge by cutting off the ponytail? Because I think that would be the most tone deaf thing this company has ever done. Uh, and you could see Vince thinking it's you good for the heat. Heat. Yeah. Heat. That, oh, don't worry, Bianca. When, it'll be good when for the, the heat. The younger writer comes in to try to explain why this is a bad idea and why this is not good heat that you would be courting. Exactly. Vince would hear it and go, sounds like it's the best heat I could possibly yes. be courting. And, and and the younger writer would be like, no, 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 no. You don't, sir, sir, no, no. And, and, and the old man would be like, no, 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 this sounds great. Uh, and the young guy would be like, uh, and, and realize that they have lost this battle. Any match other than Bianca Belair pinning her in 34 seconds or however many it was at SummerSlam is a failure of this story to, to go full circle. I'm not going there. I think they have a match. I actually, God, I've been trying to figure out who wins this match because I think that they're going to set up Rousey and and Becky or Becky's going to interject herself in the women's title match one way or another. So let me do this. I think Bianca Belair wins this match. I think Becky Lynch does cut off the ponytail for the heat, which I think is going to be unfortunate for later, but I think that happens. I think Bianca Belair is your WWE Raw Women's Champion. What do you think? I think Becky goes to cut the ponytail, comes up short on that, and also loses the match. I think there is a ponytail spot. I think she retains the ponytail. This is a weird gut call. I don't know where this is coming yeah. from, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, the the effervescent thespians known as Ray and Dominic Mysterio. These guys, generational <laughs> talents. You know what? They'd get thrown out of Burlington Community Theater out there. Uh, well, yeah, but that's a kind of a cutthroat community theater. Taking on the Miz and Logan Paul in a tag team match. 
I think there's only one end for this match. Um, I think, I think uh, Logan Paul ends up, or <laughs> Logan Paul takes both their masks. See the mask things interesting. I think Logan Paul turns babyface at some point after losing. That team loses. I think the Mysterios win here. I don't yeah, think they get that. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and the Miz gets pinned, and Logan turns on Miz because the whole original Miz plan, yells at Logan. Right. For the not whole original. Saving remember, him. the whole original plan for this program was that like Logan Paul was kind of supposed to be a babyface, yeah. and he got booed right out the gate to the surprise of I think a lot of people in the company, and so they kind of went into this. But I think Paul wants this to ultimately be a positive thing for him so he's gonna want to end this where he's a baby face and he gets to hit Miz with like a punch or something like that so yeah I think they lose and Paul gets his quote-unquote heat back back, yeah and gets a big baby face pop I think that yeah Drew McIntyre against Happy Corbin in a feud that's felt like it's gone on for 12 months Madcap Moss secret funny (laughs) will be seconding Happy Corbin there's no way they let Corbin get this win, is there? No, no. I mean, look, if this is Madcap Moss, I'd say it's any man's game, but not not happy Corbin. The Usos representing the bloodline. Your ch- SmackDown tag team champs. Keep it together. Taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. <laughs> uh, how, how does it go for the bloodline? Ooh, this is interesting because this could be a feel-good moment. You could totally see Boogs and Nakamura winning this. Celebrating with Pat McAfee. Yeah. 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 You could see this. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna Boogs and Nakamura win this. I'm gonna Boogs and Nakamura win this too. I do. I think I think they win this because I I think a lot of the story coming out here will be well, I don't know that. I'll I'll try to figure that out for the Roman. Actually, I have not figured out who wins between Roman and Brock. So we'll get to that on night two. New Day minus Big E. Also minus him being called King Woods anymore. He is now back to Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston taking Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch. (laughs) Because God forbid we put Butch in in this match as opposed to Ridge Holland being the second. But uh, yeah, this feud... uh, Butch getting a WrestleMania pay-per-view and, and trade for his dignity. But uh, <laughs> New Day versus Team UK. Who you got here? I think it's pretty clear that the New Day is going over. Yeah, fan, yeah. fan moment here. And what has been an intriguing kind of uh, two weeks of discourse, but I think intriguing by design because I think, I think Dave Meltzer is kind of lying here, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. Seth friggin' Rollins against to be announced. Mr. McMahon will announce Rollins opponent on the night of the event. Big question here, Chris, is it Cody? And uh, how do you think this goes? I think whoever Seth Rollins is facing, he's losing to. And they signed Cody, so I guess they're going to use him. Are you sure they've signed Cody? Because it hasn't gotten out necessarily. Oh, it hasn't gotten out. Oh, I thought they. Dave signed. Meltzer, I think, has said he is, but he also said that there were some issues with negotiations even into last week. Wow. Now, and this, see, the, things like this would make me, with a different reporter, 
question if they were kind of working the audience on behalf of the wrestlers here, but I have reached out to people in the company. They say it's a done deal. They say, yeah, of course it's Cody. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I mean, know. <laughs> whoever it is, I, you don't see Rollins winning because I, I don't. This is not about the story here. Is not Seth Rollins has been on an incredible losing streak and he's going to break his losing streak and get his mojo back. No, it's, whoever whoever Seth Rollins is on an incredible losing streak and that losing streak is going to continue. Yes, whoever he faces, it like literally could be Bob Backlund and Seth Rollins has to lose here. Narratively speaking, does this Dallas crowd get? ramped up for Cody Rhodes. This is a, remember, this is not a wrestling crowd. This is a WWE universe crowd who probably remember him as stardust. Right. I, I just, I mean, it, there's a real question to me, like of how big of a star is Cody Rhodes really in WWE lore? Um, I, I, I don't know that he is that big of a star in terms of WWE mythology. They don't make good stars. They haven't made good stars in the last 15 years. In a match that in another program that has been setting the world on fire, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, two queens of the promo. <laughs> Ronda dominates the microphone like she dominated the octagon. got here chris because i think there's a couple of scenarios here that intrigue me that involve the match order but i will let you go first here i feel like ronda's winning this match i I, like i don't feel super strong about this but i don't see her like losing like when i go through the pretenses of like what would be or the pretext for her losing to charlotte schmazzy loss feels weird and then, like, obviously, she's not going to tap. And I don't see her getting pinned. I see her not being willing to come back to get pinned to Charlotte Flair. So I think Ronda's got to win this match. I am intrigued by Becky Lynch here. Because, again, she's miscast as a, as a heel. So <laughs> I, I had two scenarios in my head. One is she comes out and puts herself in the match after a loss. The other is she comes out as the title holder on Raw and challenges Ronda Rousey for next year's WrestleMania. Those are my two options right now that I'm thinking, if they do this at all. I have talked myself now out of out of out of Becky interjecting herself in this match. I do think Ronda. I think Ronda wins this. I think there's a very good possibility Becky Lynch wins against Bianca Belair. And comes out and does the holds up her title and holds and Rhonda holds up her title. And then we don't get a title switch for the next year for either of them. I think that's a very distinct possibility, Chris. I could see that. I could see that. I, I mean, what a disaster that'd be for Bianca Belair to get yes. sacrificed on the I, altar. That's what that I'm also thinking. Dude, they can't beat her. But I mean, but I was trying to think of a way. Okay, Bianca wins, but Becky still comes back and gets a pop. Maybe she does a reluctant babyface turn during the match somehow. I don't know, but you know, I, I just I think they 
I originally thought night one was going to end with Becky and Ronda staring each other down or with Becky Lynch with both belts being Becky two belts again. I mean, the biggest problem in my head is I have just an impossible time seeing Bianca Belair squaring off against Ronda Rousey. And like, if you're bringing in Ronda Rousey, she is clearly part of your main event plans for WrestleMania is going forward. Yes. Which means Bianca is sort of in nowheresville. Yeah, that's my thing. Okay. And then the end with the KO show. Or uh, is there a match set up for night two, or is this just kick wham stunner? I think that this is like extended kick wham stunner section. Like, like maybe Austin even like gets to kick wham stunner a bunch of different people. To close yeah, out the night. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to really say, I don't know. Cause I think there is a chance that they do set up a match for night two. Um, but I think mostly it's going to be kick wham, wham stunner. And well, what would this match with Steve Austin age 54 B or whatever? It would be, however, it would be stopping kick a wham stunner. Him. Yeah. yeah. Muddle. He's not going to do a Thez press. Uh, he, well, I think he, he does. I think he does a Thez press. A bad I mean, one, but I think it's, yeah, it's, I, I was going to say he's going to have a hard time getting vertical. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. 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 But like, it's like Thez press mud hole stomp stunner. That's all. That's all that this Steve Austin. Can I, th- I think it's, I think it's the cooldown spot match as a matter of fact, too. I think that's where they put it, but um, yeah, that's what I think. I think he wrestles in a t-shirt, you know, ha- ha- you know, does the, does the beer bash celebration at the end of the night and Hey kids tune in for night two. That that's what I'm going to make the call on. I think that's going to happen. Okay. Moving on to night two. Interesting matches, somewhat. That started off with the fatal four-way tag match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship: Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, aka Rip Morgan, <laughs> versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Who do you got, Chris? Who are the prestigious WWE Women's Tag Team Champions after this night? I'm going to go Ripley and Morgan. I am going Ripley and Morgan as well. Liv Morgan gets her WrestleMania moment. She gets praise on the internet from a lot of people. Yeah, sure, why not? I I just... Look, if they had a good plan for Ripley Morgan, they're not a bad tag team. They make sense... Yeah, they they're, make they're, sense they're in terms pretty of good. casting. They're they're a decent little tag team. Yeah, and I, you know, and you have women coming back who could be opponents. I mean, dude, I'd kill for a Bailey Oscar team coming after this team. Uh but yeah, it, it feels like uh, it feels like Liv and Ray are gonna are gonna get a bit of a uh, run here. So I, I will go with them as your champions. Going into one of the celebrity matches, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in an anything goes match. And I'll say this right now. I think this over delivers because I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think Johnny Knoxville is willing to get his ass beat. I think Sami Zayn's willing to get his ass beat. I think this is going to be a car wreck. I think there's going to be a lot of dumb stunts, a little bit of stupid comedy probably in here somewhere. I think Johnny Knoxville wins this. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to say Knoxville is so game that he's even willing to take the L to Sami Zayn. On okay. This one. I'm yeah, good with that too. Yeah. yeah like, no, I, I'm with you on all your other diagnosis, but I almost think like Knoxville's got so much respect for this that he's going to be like, dude, I don't need to win this match. As a matter I'm- of fact, I'm going to backtrack and say, you're right. 
because yeah. I think, I think uh, we have another celebrity match in here and I think they get the win. So yeah, well, well I, this could be fun. I, be- I, I actually am weirdly looking forward to this. Yes. Match. I think this could be a lot of fun. I, just, I, I, just because like Johnny's going to do like some crazy spots. And I think, and- I think his co-hosts come in too, or his coworkers from Jackass come in and they probably get beat up a little bit here. Yeah. I think this is going to, it's going to be an absolute train wreck and dumb comedy, but it's going to be unrepentant stupidity. And I am here for it. And some, and, and honestly, some of those spots might kick ass. Like, cause like, this is going to be a match. that's going to build up to one or two key spots. And if those one or two key spots kick ass, you're going to enjoy this match. You're not going to love it. It's not going to be like your five-star classic, but you'll be like, that was fun. I liked it. Bobby Lashley versus almost in a singles match. God. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Kind of feel like Lashley comes up short here that the Omos push wow. continue. I think this is the end of the Omos heel heel run. I think uh, he gets- God, I hope so. He's garbage. Dude, but he was at Wally Mania last night rapping. I think we might get rapping almost eventually. Okay. Um, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna turn him into a baby face. Next. I think so. I think he's gonna okay. I think I think I think the front office is gonna get wind of this and he's gonna be Mr. Entertaining. I think Bobby Lashley murdered us almost here because they love them some Bobby Lashley in the WWE. They, they do love Bobby Lashley. It's just that, like, clearly they love this Omos guy because he's ass in the ring, but they're still pushing him. But the only way to make money with him now is as a baby face, not as a heel because he can't work. So Nope. Nope. He has to be the beloved giant. Yep. He has to be Haystacks Calhoun. He has to be baby face Andre before he turned. Yeah, and they then they can return them at some point, probably. But uh, yeah, I think I think Bobby Lashley wins this, and almost goes to the light side of the force eventually. The triple threat tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Titles: RK Bro, your champions, versus the Street Profits of Angelo Dawkins and the criminally underused Montez Ford versus Alpha Academy of the criminally underused Chad Gable, and the more than game Otis, who I love, and I just feel like he gets. I feel like it gets crapped on because of how he looks. Cause he looks like a square, but I love me some Otis. Uh, I don't see any other finish here other than RK bro standing tall because people love Orton. Yeah. I, I think that they have found something with RK bro. That they really like they're stretching this thing out to SummerSlam. It's really hard to see. Okay. Here's the one way I could see the tiles changing is that this is the beginning of Ford and Dawkins as heels. And they steal the belts from uh, Orton and Riddle. I just can't see that on the WrestleMania stage. I think people want to. Yeah, that's right. They don't like doing the big heel turn on a WrestleMania. They want to do, they want to, they, people want to cheer for the Orton entrance and the Orton song after the match and, you know, him doing the pose and Riddle doing the pose and then probably getting RKO'd at the end just because he's a knucklehead. You know, that kind of thing. So, and, they, and they've just kind of over the last year, 12 months to 12 months, kind of soured on the street profits as an act that they want to feature with real intensity. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with Vince McMahon looming somewhere because he's been talking trash by sending texts to, to Pat. Uh, and he rolled out those really dope new T-shirts this week, so you got to know <laughs> something's up. Well, I watched the Pat McAfee podcast today. Uh Vince had sent him a workout video where he's lifting like a thousand pounds on a, on a, 
I think it was a modified squat. I can't remember what machine it was. It was for, uh, but it wasn't like lifting it or anything. It was like yeah. legs and body. But uh, yeah, and I think Vince McMahon comes in here at some point to try and get a move on old Pat Mac. But I am, look, Pat McAfee was fantastic in his match with Adam Cole. This will not be that. But but Pat McAfee is sneaky good in that ring because he's been doing it for a few years. I am excited for Pat McAfee in front of a stadium. Yeah, I'm excited for Pat McAfee, too. I, my prediction, if I can go a little further, is that I think he goes for a high spot and overjumps it. Okay, I'll go okay. with that. Uh, that's, that's a bit of a wild, wild prediction, but I, I he's froggy. Does he I, win? I feel like he's got to win, right? Especially if it's not against McMahon. Like, it, the, the, maybe this is the start of, like, McAfee versus McMahon. Or maybe Vince turns to get the cheer and gives a low blow to Austin. Theory. I think Vince McMahon's giving a low blow to somebody here. I just don't yeah. know who, but I will say Pat McAfee wins this. Yeah. I'm go with that. That. Yeah. In the quote unquote dream match edge versus AJ styles. It's a dream match probably about eight or nine years ago. And I would have loved it. We all remember what happened the last time AJ styles was in a dream match. AJ Styles versus Nakamura. That was a great match. Ball kick. <laughs> Kicking people in the balls five minutes into the match or whatever it was. I don't think this is going to be a very good match. I'm going to be honest with you. I love AJ Styles. I think the problem here is Edge. I don't think Edge can go anymore like he wants to. This were the Edge of 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Sure. Why not? But we we saw in the, uh, was it the greatest wrestling match ever versus Randy Orton? He can, he can walk and brawl. He's great at that. I just, I don't, does he, ha, does he have it in him to have a, a show stealing four star, four and a half star match with AJ Styles here, Chris? That's the real question. And I mean, it's tough, too, because I think Edge is probably going to win here. So this is going to be a real make or break on his heel run. And if it has any juice whatsoever, if he can't get a good match out of this victory, I don't think it's going to do him much good. But I, I think he wins. Um, I, I don't really see AJ. Uh, AJ's doing the honors here. This is not like the start of an AJ baby face push. Where no. We, no. Yeah. So I. I, I Edge, AJ has to carry Edge to a good match. I don't know that he can. I don't know that Edge has that. I'm with you. Okay. And I also agree that Edge wins this. There's rumors that there's going to be a stable for Edge, a heel stable, and that Damian Priest might also be involved in it. We will see. Now we get to the winner-takes-all match to unify the WWE Championship and WWE Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar, Cowboy Brock. Hop along Saskatchewan himself, taking on the head of the bloodline, the leader of the island of relevancy, the big dog, the guy who's on God level. Insert other thing that's on a t-shirt here. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. Chris, who do you got? Oof. I know people have been liking this Brock Lesnar babyface push, but it's just hard to imagine the plot line going through Brock Lesnar for any length of time here post mania. I, I I'm thinking 
Especially considering that I've got the Usos losing the titles to Boogs and Nakamura in night one. I think Lesnar's going to win this match. Huh. Wait, you just said that Lesnar's not around full, and you just had him win the match. So no, I said to... I've got I've got Roman Reigns winning the match. Oh well, you you said Lesnar actually, but well, no. no, well, if I said that, what I actually <laughs> meant was the reverse of that. Which, like, first of all, if I wasn't constantly having my words twisted, everyone would know. Um, and second of all, I was definitely your head? said, well. It doesn't matter where the twist occurs, does it? No, in Burlington, you have to say what you mean. No, no. Okay, in Burlington, they know what you're trying to say. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, don't tell me. Don't tell me about Burlington. Okay, I know know a lot about Burlington. The point being, uh, I think Roman Reigns wins this match. Don't Don't try to twist my words. I think Roman Reigns wins this match. I think Roman Reigns immediately goes to Raw. I think Roman Reigns gets rid of whatever pithy SmackDown title there is, and there's a tournament of sorts to go down there. I agree with you. I think Roman Reigns takes this. I think this is kind of the last hurrah, so to speak. I mean, this is the last time you're going to have a guy on Brock's level, I think, to fight a Roman Reigns, unless you just run it back next year, which would be silly. Um, which they probably will. They probably will, or it'll be Cena Reigns, you know, because they aren't making stars. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with you. I think Roman, and then we get we get these same promos about being relevant on uh, on Raw and and acknowledge me. So I think the Bloodline story continues, but I think there's now going to be some heat between Reigns and the Usos and how the Usos failed him, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, oh, maybe we'll we finally complete the circuit on the like crisis of confidence, Jay Uso and Jimmy storyline. No, never, never. That's never going to happen. That, that's, that story was forgotten about a year and a half ago. I think it's done, but uh, yes. Enjoy. Yo, the- no, they, they have a, a history for long-term storytelling Hawkins. <laughs> so don't, don't just write that off so easily. Uh, Kenny can tell you how it plays out. Yeah. And, and Kenny can't wait to see it. Enjoy the wrestling this weekend, kids. I will be on Fightful for the WrestleMania post shows, at least one of them. They haven't told me my schedule, quite frankly. They haven't told me who's hosting, because I guess Sean Ross Sapp is on tomorrow night, I believe, or tonight. It's tonight. I believe Joey Janela Spring Break 6 is part of the Cluster F. Sean Ross Sapp is in that is in that Battle Royal, along with Invisible Stan, <laughs> and a few other acts in there. I'm hoping Jeff Jarrett, El Kabongsam as the last outlaw. That is my dream for that match. I'm looking forward to FTR Briscoes and seeing who Tully brings out. And then I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have a little booze and some good food and I'm going to enjoy my WrestleMania. So, you know, what have you, uh, you can follow me at crap game. You can follow the show at shake them ropes. You can follow Chris at DWATG. We are part of the voices of wrestling podcasting network you can also listen to me over at fight game on wednesdays doing the dynamite show we record usually right after dynamite hot takes with myself and one paul ace fontaine who is at mania with his daughter with muscular dystrophy i believe she has and she is the bell of the ball at the wwe hotel getting picks with everybody they will be the guests of becky lynch at wrestlemania they're having a fun time chris does a podcast called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to tell you about that right now. 
Don't Worry About the Government can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you want to support the show, that's what I would like you to do. A buck a show is all I ask. You can go to patreon.com slash DWATG, and you can subscribe. Dollar show is all I ask. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Twitter accounts at DWATG. And if you want guitar lessons, guitar lessons from the music teacher to the stars, you can hit me up. Chris Novembrino. Um, I'm on Gmail. You can do that. In Burlington, even. In Burlington. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.